We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesse, we've got much more to cover. Are you ready for rapid fire? I am ready for the rapid fire. All right, let's do it. So Lorenzo Styles, he's been a topic of conversation recently. And that, of course, came up with Marcus Freeman. And, uh, we, you know, we got to uh, see that dose of Lorenzo Styles and that uh, experiment with him at cornerback last week. And here's Marcus Freeman talking about that. he can do it it gives others opportunities right and so if jack kaiser is a one position guy you know we know jack kaiser is going to be on the field and um if he's a one position guy well the guy behind him and might be a younger guy um isn't going to get an opportunity okay that was uh the wrong bite so unfortunately that was marcus freeman talking about Jack Kaiser instead of Lorenzo Styles. So let me, uh, I do have one more Lorenzo Styles soundbite that I was going to play if I can uh, find it here real quickly. So Freeman was asked whose idea it was to try Styles at cornerback. Let's try this one. It was my, you know, coming from my background, I told him I see a lot of traits that he possesses that really could resonate on the defensive side of the ball um but i want it to be his decision i want him to feel good about you know what position he's playing and and so i said hey if you want to experiment a little bit play a little bit of db on one-on-ones like play man and now he did it in high school and i know a lot of people from where he's from in columbus ohio and they said he was a dang good db in high school and so i've always just kind of you know put that carrot in his ear um but it was him ultimately to say okay hey i want to try it I want to. I want to try it, Coach. I know you've said it, and you said it, um, and we'll see after next week what we decide to do with them. All right, Jess. So let's start with this. Does the fact that this idea came from Marcus Freeman affect how you think about this experiment? I think that it would only affect me in a positive way because of you know what he kind of prefaced the, that clip with is with with my background and you know, what I've heard, you know, uh, about you during the recruiting, because he's from Columbus, Ohio. So Marcus Freeman, that, that guy, he's been on Freeman's radar for probably a long time, even before 
you know, he got to Notre Dame. I don't know when those when those two lined up. I don't know if Lorenzo was here technically a year before Freeman, if they were in the same, you know, coming in together. But either way, Freeman's known about Styles. He's heard about Styles. And I think with the defensive background and knowing, you know, what Marcus Freeman was able to accomplish defensively, if he says that someone is, you know, has the traits of what it is to be a good corner, I, I think that it, it only makes me feel more confident in kind of what he's saying and the potential of, you know, Styles being a good coverage corner. Yeah, I I like how Marcus Freeman said it was his idea, but he also, you know, kind of put it out there for Styles and wanted it to be his decision ultimately. You know, it's 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 like you hear that about some people. It's like, well, you know, they've got to think it's their idea, you know, to really buy into it. And you know, so he, you know, he kind of floated this whole thing. I think the fact that it did start with Freeman, though, kind of puts, you know, more into it than, you know, because he started off saying, well, it was only for one or two plays and all this difference, you know, like when he was he was asking us how much we got to see and all that kind of stuff. One play, one period. But the fact that it came from him and the fact that, you know, this was, you know, th this guy is a wide receiver. Like I've seen, you know, like the the, the Pat Terrell as an example, like you've seen this before where, where, you know, guys play both in high school and maybe they start off as a receiver, you know, like guys who have some issues with consistently consistency, catching the ball as a re wide receiver. You know, it's kind of like the old joke. You see them move to the defensive side of the ball. And like, when you look at some of the film that uh, you see on Lorenzo's stat now, granted it's high school film, but still like, a very physical type corner. And as Brian talked about last week, a press corner in high school. And like, if, if you can do that in high school, then, you know, like, the, like, why not give it a shot? He's got the body for it. You know, we saw some physicality out of him last week and he, he looks like he's really got the knack for it. And so like, to me, the fact that it started with the head coach as, as his idea, it's just like, there's some more merit to it, I think. And Freeman did say that, you know, like there's a good chance that we'll get to see him out there playing some defense on Saturday. So you're more looking forward to seeing that or seeing him as a receiver because he's probably going to do a little bit of both. I would actually be more inclined to see him at wide receiver. And um, Michael Johnson beat me to the point in the chat that I wanted to get to is I think it'll do something for him mentally i think he's last season really did a number on him mentally um and being at corner like it, it's just more reactionary it's more playing and it's just it, there's less to know and i think that's going to do that could potentially benefit him and just allow him to play more as a natural athlete and you know you talk about guys who go from wide receiver to corner and how it benefits them i mean that look at trayvon diggs he's he's an all pro cornerback and the reason why he has such balls good ball skills because he started out you know, playing wide receiver. And I think that is something that not that, you know, those two are, are so similar, but like Lorenzo Styles playing defense, playing corner, having the physicality to press, having the speed to be able to run man on man. I think it's, it's something that is very beneficial for his game because again, I just think it allow him to think less and just play more and really enjoy kind of just playing football again. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And like Shytown says, he could play dime and split end. I will be curious to see like how long this experiment continues, because I would think that if if they're willing to put him out there in the spring game defensively, you know, like one, you've got some leeway to do that. But if they're willing to do that, that means they have to at least be giving it, you know, some serious consideration, you know, more than more than just, uh, you know, a couple plays during practice here and there. You know, like, so what's he going to work on this summer? Like, how much is he going to work on that? How much would he continue to split time versus do you move him over there full time defensively if you decide to go in on it? Because, you know, that's, you know, again, a guy who did it in high school, but hasn't done it for the last couple of years at the college level. And the, and also the chance to work, you know, more with Mike Mickens and what Mickens has been able to do with the guys at that position, you know, like, would you, is, would there be enough to keep him there playing both ways or would you want him to stick to one side? I guess would be my question. I think I would ultimately prefer someone who is just committed to one side um, or the other. And I think if he, the only thing that I I would like in, in terms of flexibility is if he does decide to commit a hundred percent to offense, I think it would be, okay to see him and maybe in some like dime or nickel packages ultimately. Um, But if he goes strictly defense, I wouldn't want to see him worrying about the offensive side of the ball, because again, I think that's where a lot of his struggles comes from. I think he's just thought he's, he's just been thinking too much and getting himself so worked up about, you know, running the perfect route or being in the perfect position and, you know, not, and not knowing, you know, where to be sometimes. And so again, at corner, you're, you're just really, am I in man or am I in zone? And if I'm in zone, what part of the field am I, you know, responsible well, for? And I and think look, that's a lot easier than kind of, you know, what entails what entails to be an elite wide receiver. Yeah, and that'll take us into the next topic. Virginia Tech grad transfer Caleb Smith, of course, announced his retirement from football Saturday. So scale of one to ten, how does it affect your concern level for the wide receiver position for the Irish? 
Yeah, so if 10 was like ultimately the most amount of concern, I would say that my concern level would be at like a solid two or three. Um, and ultimately, I it doesn't it doesn't provide much concern for me uh, being at a two or three. The only thing that I think that they lose is just veteran experience. You know, some of those. Right. And, and I think Tobias, ultimately, I mean, it's not even a question. He's more athletic. He's going to be a better wide receiver than 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 Caleb. But what Caleb provides is maybe stuff that Tobias hasn't thought about in the film room or stuff that, you know, a veteran can say, hey, uh, you know, when, when a safety is maybe lined up like this, you know, you, you might want to think this sort of thing or, may, hey, maybe you, you notice the corner is doing this. You know, that that might be a tendency that leads to this. So the only thing I'm concerned about them losing, again, is just, you know, some sort of veteran experience and just a guy who's who's played in a lot of games so far. He can provide insight into for some of these younger wide receivers. But when we're talking like overall ability, catch making ability, athleticism, that kind of stuff, ceiling, overall ceiling as a wide receiver, I, I'm just not concerned at all, really. Mine is a one um, for this reason, because of some of the things that you just talked about. And two, because of coming into this spring, Caleb Smith was, you know, had more experience than anyone at wide receiver on uh, on the roster for the Irish. And the second most experienced guy was Lorenzo Styles. So now we're, we're we're talking about a guy who just left the program and a guy who could could be at you know at the very least splitting time at cornerback if not moving to cornerback, but We've not talked about either one of those guys for anything that we've seen or heard or, you know, even on highlights from this spring. Like, we haven't talked about seeing anything from either one of those guys. And it's not a knock on them. We just, we haven't, you know. We haven't been talking about them. It's been Tobias Merriweather. It's been Chris Tyree. It's been Dion Colsey. All these other guys are the ones who have stood out at the wide receiver group so far. So, like, you know obviously wish Caleb Smith the best and hopefully things work out for him, you know, based on kind of this, you know, some of the stuff that was in his announcement from Saturday, but it, it, it just, it, it doesn't strike me an overwhelming concern. I, I think that we thought that they were going to need to lean on him a bit more coming into the spring practice, but that's not the way it turned out. And, you know, again, like he's retiring and Lorenzo styles might be moving to corner. So uh, I think there's, there's so much upside to the rest of that group, you know, like the floor I think is, is still really high for this group. And like Chris Tyree has been doing good things out there. And let, that's been like the bonus addition to this group as well is getting Chris Tyree as a receiver. So uh, I, I think there's too much upside between him or between them and what we talked about with some stuff with the quarterbacks. So not a real high level of concern for me either. And as Derek said, gained a scholarship as well. So, you know, that'll be something to kind of watch when spring ends. May 1st, how many weeks we got? Got a two weeks. Transfer portal is going to open up. So Notre Dame women's basketball added a three-point shooting Fordham grad transfer guard Anna DeWolf today. And meanwhile, Van Allen Lubin, from the Irish men's basketball team announced he is entering the transfer portal. I think it's a bigger gain for the women or a bigger loss for the men. I think it's a bigger gain for the women overall. Um, last season, you know, their kind of spot up three point shooter got hurt, you know, uh, towards the beginning, middle of the season. 
Um, and you're going to always need, you know, someone to, to knock down the shots. And when you have someone like Sonia Citron um, and, oh, man, I can't think of um, uh, Olivia Miles. Uh, when you have those two who are good, such good facilitators of the ball, not really known for being knockdown shooters, they're going to um, – they're going to draw a lot of attention and coverage, especially as they're moving with the ball. And that's naturally going to lead to maybe some more double teams. And so when you have someone who can kick it out to in the corner and be that knockdown shooter, um, I, I think that's a great um, overall addition. And then when you start looking at the men's side of things, I mean, the whole roster is scrapped. And so when you look at a guy like Lu like Lubin, yeah, sure. He was, he was great to have, and he's a great, you know, recruit and overall talent. Um, but I mean, Mike is just going to, kind of tear down that whole roster and build it up how he pleases. And sure, would it have been a little bit easier with someone like Lubin? Yeah, um, but but they're not in any serious contention next season to to run the table. And I think it's very, you know, the, the women had high expectations this year. And, you know, because of some of those injuries down the stretch, they just weren't as deep as they'd like to be. And then when you bring back, you know, uh, who they're getting and then they're bringing in some of these, you know, these stud freshman players, like the girl who was the All-McDonald's, you know, MVP of the game, All-American MVP, and then you bring in a, a lethal three-point shooter, I think it just builds up the the fact that, you know, the expectation I think next year for the women's team is final four or better out of the gate. And when you can add a three-point shooter like that, it only kind of, you know, it, it just strengthens you that much more overall. Yeah, DeWolf was the Atlantic 10 player of the year a couple of years ago. She averaged over 20 points a game as a sophomore and you know, like hit like 70, I think it was 73 three-pointers this season. And she's been all A-10 the last three years at Fordham. And to be able to get her and all the things that you talked about, like they needed another legitimate three-point uh, threat. Um, and you get that now. So you've got Citron, who is a really good percentage three-point shooter, a little bit more volume after the injury to Mabry. But so now you're going to have Two there, Rish coming in, the freshman, another three-point shooter. The backcourt is going to be really deep, you know, and the key piece is, is still finding someone else in the front court after you lose Lauren Ebo. And I saw that that Michael Johnson was talking about the uh, the player from DePaul. And, you know, like there's so many players in the transfer portal, I have no idea which way they're stretching right now. But, you're, I mean, so I agree with what you're saying. I think that that – that the bigger gain is for the women than the loss for the men, because this was going to be such a rebuild for Micah Shrewsbury. Anyway, you would like to have a guy like Lubin. The timing of this is weird because it's been like what, three weeks now at this point, hasn't it? Since Shrewsbury was hired and you're pretty deep into the transfer portal window at this point. So I was just kind of surprised to see this announcement now, but ultimately Again, this was going to be such a big rebuild for Shrewsbury anyway that I don't think this is ultimately going to be a, a huge loss in the short term for the Irish men's program to see Lubin leave. You're right. I mean, he is a good player, but I just I don't think it's it's going to be, you know, a resounding loss for them. Yeah, they need to be, you know, the, the men's issue just goes deeper than losing, you know, yeah. one really good player. And I think that's ultimately what it is. And, and like, do I think Van Lubin is overall, like, uh, like if you took, if there was a way to, you know, basically say if Lubin and this transfer were equal, I would say Lubin's game is better and he's more elite, but what she provides overall to a team aspect of things and where the team can go next season, 
I just find it way more impactful. I agree. Fill in the blank. Cody Bellinger made his return to Los Angeles with the Cubs this weekend before stepping into the batter's box for his first at bat Friday night. Dodgers fans gave him a standing ovation. And so Bellinger kind of paused for a second to soak it in before he stepped into the batter's box. Well, not so fast because home plate umpire Jim Wolf gave Bellinger a strike because of a pitchcock violation. And that is blank. That's just absurd. You know, it's this is a guy who was a rookie of the year with the Dodgers. He was an MVP, you know, with the Dodgers. He won a World Series with the Dodgers. He won a Silver Slugger, a Gold Glove. I mean, he's he's got an entire trophy case, you know, dedicated with his time with the Dodgers. And I'm sure that it being his first time back and, you know, being on a one-year deal with the Cubs, like – he had it was an emotional situation for him. Like it was probably his home, and he probably never considered the fact that he would play for another team. And so it's absurd with these new pitch clock rules. Like there's got to be exceptions. You know, it's just one pitch. It's not like he's stepping out of the box every time and he's getting this ovation. Um, and I think it, it must have uh, must have ticked him off because later in the game he robbed Jason Hayward of a shot to center field where he brought back a home run in a one zero game. So. And I, I think he turned to the fans and they were booing him and he just chuckled, you know, at that point because he goes from, you know, the standing ovation. And then, of course, when it comes down to it and he's robbing the Dodgers of a home run, then how the, how the tides quickly turn. But it's just, you know, it's stupid overall. And it's just, you know, it's like just have some common sense. You know, when the situation calls for it, allow a guy to just soak in the moment a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, example 1,554 why <laughs> umpires should not think that uh, fans are they there just to see run them the game. umpire. Yes, and it's like, I get it. You've been told about this pitch clock and the you know the rules of the pitch clock and all that. But you really know think the MLB is going to call you and say, hey, we're pissed at you for allowing right. Bellinger to get a little ovation in. That's right. Know the moment. Like, he... He had a successful run as a Los Angeles Dodger. He was obviously part of the World Series championship team. And now it's early in the season and he is back there in LA with a new team. It's 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 a total joke that that something like this would happen. It's like it, and it might, you know, maybe it's just a good fan strategy with the pitch clock. Maybe the first at bat of every game, you know, like Fans should just stand up and give a standing ovation to the like a guy from the other team and get an see immediate if, strike. Know, waits, yeah, get a get a strike on him right away. So total joke, and it's just just another umpire that needs to get over himself, unfortunately. So hey, yeah. good weekend for the Cubs, though. Taking two out of three out there. First in time LA. that they've won a series in LA in a very long time. And Anthony says, as a Cardinals fan, I enjoy any time the Cubs have a negative issue and. I'm enjoying the Cardinals uh, ERA right now as a pitching staff um, and the fact that Wilson Contreras is not performing as well as Jan Gomes this season. I think that's uh, a really good benefit. Yes, thank you, Derek. Michael is saying, talk about Notre Dame football. Michael, I'm, you know, if you're new to the show, welcome. Um, <laughs> this is the part of the show where we talk about things other than Notre Dame football. So we just had a real late, nice like hour conversation about Notre we Dame. We literally football. talked for an hour about Notre Dame football. A lot of things regarding the quarterbacks and and everything else. We're getting late in the show here. This is called Rapid Fire. <laughs> we talk about a lot of different things, and we started Rapid Fire off with Notre Dame football. So. 
We talk about things in rapid fire that aren't all Notre Dame football. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> but again, there are plenty of plenty of archive shows in the start of this show where we literally spent a full hour talking about Sam Hartman, Tyler Buckner, quarterbacks, wide receivers, everything else. We're you know we're we've 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 talked a lot of Notre Dame football today. But you know again. Enjoyed your cowboy hat, it, but you know if you're if you're if you're new, like just catch you up on the format a little bit. Speaking of something that is not Notre Dame football, there is a new character <laughs> on the hit TV show Ted Lasso this season named Zava. Jesse, do you buy or sell Aaron Rodgers as the real life Zava? I actually, you know, I buy this more than I sell it, and I think it's a, a really funny comparison because. You know, I, uh, on Ted Lasso, this new Zava guy is kind of picked up and he's like, you know, the, the greatest kind of soccer player at the time right now. And he's bounced around to a lot of different teams. And he's just this real kind of self-centered, you know, I'm Zava, ball goes to me. And then he's got all these kind of like holistic real or, you know, like he's always sitting in a circle, like meditating or just kind of doing these off-brand kind of holistic things. And that reminds me a lot of you know, of Aaron Rodgers in the past few seasons as he's gone on these like retreats and, you know, trying all these different, you know, like mental escape stuff that he's got going on. And so do I think that Zava is as crazy and as self-centered and toxic, you know, as Aaron Rodgers is? No, but I think it is a pretty good like comparison of if, if Zava was, you know, a current NFL player, who would he be most like, like? it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. But when you look at, yeah, like when you look at Zava from like, I don't even know, like, is that, I don't think it's a man bun, you know, or whatever you, you I don't know what you'd call that. He's got like a little sprout, you know, like would be ponytail in the back and he's got the scraggle. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like you, you see him, you see him like he's you like looking in the mirror and getting in his car. It's like the, 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 it reminded me of Michael Jordan was a was a host of Saturday Night Live. I don't know, it's probably been at least 30 years ago now, but uh, he did like this whole thing, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. You know, it was like <laughs> the whole thing. And it's like Zava looking in the mirror, giving himself, you know, like reassurance. And then he, you the know, affirmations. like, you know, like, yeah, the affirmations and trying to psych himself up. But, you know, that's when he's in his private time. But as soon as he goes out in the public, you know, he puts on this persona, exactly. you know, like he's, he's the greatest. <laughs> I can totally see that being Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, like the most actual insecure guy in sports and, you know, but then, you know, like behind the scenes and then he goes out, you know, in public and he's, and he's, you know, doing his Aaron Rodgers stuff and, and everything else. We appear to have lost Jesse there for, you know, so, uh, so I completely like I would not be surprised if, you know, because Jason Sudeikis, who, of course, is the star of Ted Lasso and, you know, is also one of the writers on the show. I would not be surprised if they actually based Zava on Aaron Rodgers, you know, like what they think Aaron Rodgers is behind the scenes. So I completely buy it for me. <laughs> All right. Today is National Blah, Blah, Blah Day. I had never heard of this until today. It's a day to encourage people to listen to those nagging words from your loved ones or friends and to put action to those words. So what sports figure most needs to listen up and pay attention to the advice they're being given on National Blah 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 Day? 
So I am going to be upfront and honest. I read this question wrong at first. So I would appreciate if uh, we let you go first on this one. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think I said here? <laughs> I thought the question was like, if you could take advice from any, like if you could take advice, not give advice, or sorry, if you could get advice, advice from someone, not who needs to listen to the advice that like everyone else. Is oh, kind of, like, like who, who would you want to get advice from? You yeah. can go with that as well. I mean, I tell you what, there's, there's a couple here. Um, I'm not gonna, uh, uh, I'll see if maybe you end up going with this other one. I'll just say Lamar Jackson, because like Lamar Jackson, I think like, especially when you look at the contract that Jalen hurts just signed, like Jalen hurts has an agent. He has, he has an intermediate, you know, an intermediary. He has a go between, between him and the teams. And Lamar, like everyone is kind of heaping a lot of this stuff on, you know, why won't the Ravens sign Lamar Jackson? Well, maybe Lamar Jackson should just hire an agent and, you know, and that would take care of some of this stuff, you know, like maybe, maybe you should listen to, you know, all this that's, that's out there right now. So I would go with Lamar Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. See, I'm still like, I, that's it. Like my brain just can't come to anyone right now. And I don't know what's going on. Well, the other one would be Jerry Jones because, you know, like. <laughs> that would be a very, I, I do. That, would, that, would that was who I thought answer. you would probably start off. And it was, it was like, it was just set up there, you know, like a softball. It was a nice tee. Basically. Yeah, that's right. Like that was the first one that came to mind, but I thought, you know, for all of our regulars, you know, who hear us beat, you know, that drum too much. I thought that I would get away, but like Jerry Jones is the easy one, you know, like the guy who still thinks that he's the general manager and continues to do the same old things again and again and again, maybe you should just listen to some of the people, you know, who, you know, would tell you, Hey, maybe you should, you know, actually hire a real general manager and not make it a family business. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I guess I'll just go the route of um, who I would take advice from, like as a player and, and and what how would that would translate to my game. And I think that the most beneficial would be someone like 
David Ortiz, just being a guy that was a pure hitter his whole life. I, that's someone I would very much want to listen to because hitting pure hitting was, was, you know, my thing. That's what I was really good at too. Um, and just outside of baseball too, I think he's a good, you know, character person, the okay. way he speaks. So you would and want to listen to him. Okay. I would, that's the person I would want to take the advice from not someone who should listen to the advice that everyone is giving him or her. <laughs> right. All right. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, just for our new friend, Michael, we got a super chat and I appreciate that from, I don't know. Relic. I, what's that? Looks like the name is Relic. Relic. Okay. Thanks for the super chat. Would you rather have an 11 win season and lose a close new year's six bowl with Hartman or a 10 win season and a decent bowl with Buckner? Um, I'm going to go 11 wins in a new year's new year's six. Notre Dame hasn't been able to accomplish that New Year's Six Bowl win in a very long time. I think that is, if you're not going to lose, lose a close New Year's Six Bowl, you're losing the New oh. Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Mm. So that means you're eleven and one, or ten and, and two. Right. But then you're going to be eleven and three, and eleven and two no, by the time it's all eleven over. and two. You're going to finish eleven and two. Right. If you lose the New Year's Six, I really don't know. Like, I, I think neither would be a, a true win. And I, I guess the question ultimately stems from, like, would you rather, you know, allow Buckner to develop more and, and assuming that he's going to transition into the quarterback, starting quarterback role after Hartman leaves? And so it's like, OK, are you really satisfied with just one more win, essentially? And then can that, you know, mediocre bowl make up for it? This is like a real, like, trick question in my yeah, opinion. I and I don't know if there's a good answer but, and I think it's a great question overall but to me I would still ride with Hartman because I think he gives you the best chance of ultimately winning the national championship at the end of the year and I know that's not part of the question but I'm going to ride and die with Hartman no matter what because I think the ultimate goal is championships and that's who's going to give you a better champ chance at the championship yeah based on what the actual goal is to get into the college football playoff and win a college, you know, win a college football playoff semifinal, get to the national championship game, and obviously ultimately win a national championship. Based on all that, it would be Hartman because I do think that's who gives them the best chance to do that this year. Now, based on this hypothetical that is being posed here, winning the national championship is already off the table. So, like, if I know that going in and I have to base it on this hypothetical, I would go with the Buckner option because it's a year of experience, a full season of experience for Buckner. And that ultimately sets you up for the next year to give you a better chance to win a national championship. Right. And so in this specific question, I would go with Buckner because you're basically saying that with both of them, you're almost achieving the same thing, falling short of the playoffs, falling short of a big, you know, bowl game win. And so if that means that, you know, Buckner would get the, the year of experience, um, then, and, and, you know, that would set him up for a better position next year and ultimately put Notre Dame in a better position, then, yeah, I would go with Buckner. But I don't – again, going back to how I answered before this, I think Harmon gives them the better shot, and that's who I, who I want to ride with this season. Right. Josh says 11 wins, they're going to the playoff. 10 wins, it's a New Year's Six Bowl. That's – if you lose a agree. game – Yeah, I mean, I would say you probably have – around a 97, 98% chance to get into the playoffs with 11 wins if you're 11 and one, but there is always the outside chance of like, say, 
you know, both Ohio State and Michigan, you know, getting in or two SEC teams getting in those kind of, but, you know, ultimately, if it comes down to if you've got one or two undefeated teams at the top and then you've got, you know, four one loss teams behind them, there is always a chance, you know, someone is going to get left out in that scenario. So there's always a, you know, like odds are in your favor that you're going to make the playoffs with one loss, but there is still a chance you will miss based on how many other teams are sitting there with the same record, because then you have to start, you know, dissecting resumes and all that kind of stuff. So good question though. Good hypothetical. And, uh, we are able to wrap it up with a bonus Notre Dame football question at the end. So glad for that. Jess, appreciate you jumping in tonight. I will talk to you. Uh-oh. Now we've got he, – he's slipping in super chats right before the buzzer. Thanks for one more. If you could handpick a non-quarterback player on the current roster to break into the top 10 Heisman candidates type of season, who would it be? Tobias Merriweather. You're going Tobias Merriweather. I'm going Audric Estime would be mine. See, the only rebuttal I'd have to that is the run game is proven, and I think that they're going to have a, a successful run game regardless. But if they can get an elite wide receiver to take over yeah. and, and really boost Sam Hartman's game and then ultimately balance out the pass run game, I think that's more so my thought process. And Merriweather could return punts. I was going to say, like, typically – for a wide receiver, and I'm saying typically because I I know we just had a wide receiver win a Heisman a couple of years ago, and I can't remember. Did he? Did did Smith? Devontae. Yeah. Did did he return punts at Alabama? I can't remember if he did or not. But I mean, it seemed like most of what he was did as a receiver. Like my point was going to be, you know, like whether it's like a Rocket Ismail or a Tim Brown or some of these other guys. Like you need the return part of it because that gives you highlight type stuff, you know, that's going to catch people's eye in terms of Heisman and stuff like that. Johnson is saying Logan Diggs. Derek is saying Buckner, but the question was non-quarterback player <laughs> on the roster. Derek, come on, listen up. Stay out of stay out of your your Scotch. Your grandma's moonshine there. <laughs> All right, good questions there at the end and we appreciate the super chats there. At the end, Morrison would be an interesting one as well if he could have the same kind of season. I'm going to say he's going to have a hard time duplicating the interceptions because I think that uh, he's going to be someone that they're going to want to avoid throwing it. But you're going to have to pick your poison when Cam, you know, Cam Hart is healthy. You're going to have to pick your poison who you're going to throw it. They're going to have to throw it somebody. So going to be really Really fun and, and really interesting to watch that secondary this season. Jesse, I will talk to you later. Enjoyed it. And uh, we will talk to you later as well. Hit the like button on your way out and subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Don't forget to do those taxes.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.